And now, before we officially begin this week's episode of the Boochcast, I have something very important that I need to discuss with all of you here at the Boochcast Nation. As you know, for many years now, I have been affiliated with a wrestling company called Universal Championship Wrestling. And the company is run by a gentleman by the name of Ronnie Gossett. I've known Ronnie for close to seven years now, and and anyone who knows Ronnie like I do knows what a bright light he brings with him everywhere he goes. Sadly, his declining health has added to the intense depression that he's fought since losing his daughters in 2017. Ronnie, in addition to being a wrestling promoter, also uses his musical gifts to spread joy to everyone around him and invest in his community every time he has the opportunity. Ron's health has begun to severely affect his quality of life and his ability to function independently. After being hospitalized, he has been advised by doctors that he doesn't have the one to two years it would take to get his health under control. However, there is a solution. Ron can get through this physical trial and thrive if he is able to raise the funds for a life-saving surgery. There is so much hope for his life, there is so much joy left for Ronnie to spread, and there are so many more fun nights he gets to create. Fighting diabetes that is out of control, coupled with blood flow issues and coronary heart disease, has brought intense pain to Ronnie's life daily and made even the most simple tasks incredibly difficult. He is losing the ability to work and provide for himself. Ron has been involved in the professional wrestling industry as a wrestler and a promoter for over 20 years with events that entertain many and also makes a living traveling throughout Georgia and South Carolina, facilitating karaoke and using his singing talent to entertain and inspire others. Ronnie will wear the mask of I'm okay forever and is the last person to ask for help. Trust me, I know this from experience. I love Ronnie to death, but he is a stubborn bastard, and he will never ask for help. He has needed friends to help him get to and from events in recent weeks, but struggles with shame, embarrassment, and believing that no one cares about him. His life matters, and it can be saved. Any amount helps. A surgery will save his life and give him the opportunity to live many more years blessing the lives of others, even reconnecting with his children in the future. And that is why I am encouraging everyone to go to the GoFundMe page that we have on our Boochcast Facebook page and donate whatever amount you can to help him raise the money he needs for this life-saving surgery. The goal is to raise $15,000. Now, as I mentioned before, every little bit helps. So you're not required, obviously, to donate thousands of dollars if you don't have that kind of money to throw around. But every little bit that you can give helps. And just to show how serious I am about this, I personally, Vinny Bucci, have donated $50 to the GoFundMe campaign. And I'm doing it for two reasons. One, because I consider Ronnie a dear friend in addition to a coworker, and I desperately want him to get better. But the other reason is to show all of you, the Boochcast Nation, that I always practice what I preach. And the one thing that I always preach to you guys is that I never, ever, ever, under any circumstances, ask any of you to donate money to any cause that I myself 
am not willing to donate to. So go to GoFundMe.com slash Saving Ron's Life. I will have links to this on the Boochcast Facebook and Twitter page for you guys to easily access and donate whatever amount you can. Every little bit helps no matter what it is. Don't feel like if you're donating a small amount, you're not contributing. You are helping us to reach this goal. Let's help Ronnie get back on his feet and get him the life-saving surgery he needs to thrive and provide and live a long and happy life.
Boochcast, Boochcast, party time, excellent. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back with a brand new episode of the Boochcast. Party on, Vinny. Party on, Elvis. And this week's episode, I have a special title for this one, ladies and gentlemen, and I feel like we need this one after the craziness that we've gone through, and that is uh, The Elvis Strikes Back. And the reason I've done that is obviously I'm doing a playoff of the classic Star Wars film, The Empire Strikes Back. But also because um, if you listen to the AEW recap that finally surfaced uh, here on uh, the Boochcast, Elvis apparently (laughs) clapped back at some things that I had to say on a very, very exhausted Boochcast, which of course is the episode I've been to Hell in a Cell and back if you want to check that out. But um, I've said some shit. Elvis said some shit, so uh, Elvis, we're both here on the show, so uh, what do you got to say about all this? Well, first of all, fuck you, all right? <laughs> um, that's one. <clears throat> Glad I got that out of the way. Fuck you. Uh, but no, really, though, I mean, um, you know, I, 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 you and I talked, I think, the day after I listened to your podcast, and I'm yeah. like, holy shit, he really went off. But, like, I wasn't mad. Like, I think I called you. I was like, that's that's the kind of rant. Like, I'm not sure if you guys listen to the podcast or if you've been a long-time listener. I love it when Vinny Bucci fucking gets bent out of shape when he goes on a rant and he just goes fucking nuts like those are the moments we all live for ladies and gentlemen so if you guys haven't got there if you guys haven't got Vinny Bucci to just sit there and just blast away it doesn't take much but when it does get there it's fucking amazing so he sat there and he was like blasting off and capping off I'm like okay buddy okay whatever um no but it was fun um he sat there and he was saying a whole bunch of shit like my guy who sat there and told us we have to get the content out we have to get the content out we we rearrange our whole fucking show around him and then motherfucker he decides to fucking take a hiatus. And you know what, though, ladies and gentlemen? I have been a hiatus. You know, it's not on purpose. Um, I'm not going to be... I, actually, I'm going to be braggadocious. I have a pretty fucking good life. Um, I go on vacation a lot, especially during the summertime. Um, I do a lot of vacations. Um, I just went to Myrtle Beach a couple weeks ago, like maybe about a month ago. Uh, last weekend, I went to Tennessee with Zoe and Lee Marie. We went over to... Um, what's it called? Uh, Tennessee. Went to a place called Smoky in the Wilderness. Um, it's a water park slash hotel, so we had a place to stay. And uh, it was a water park. My daughter went with me. Uh, it was for Father's Day, and my wife was with me as well. Um, my daughter went on a whole bunch of rides. Uh, some of them she was really scared at first, but once she went down, she had a great time. And again, another vacation again, believe it or not, on Wednesday. Um, I took a week off of work, so from Wednesday to Wednesday, I'll be off. I'm going over to Hilton Head. I got my lovely wife's uh, parents. Uh, they're coming from Puerto Rico on Tuesday night, or Tuesday during the day. Um, and then uh, I work just Monday and Tuesday, so by the time you listen to this on Monday, if you do listen to it on Monday, um, then guess what? Uh, Monday, Tuesday, then all of a sudden I get to wake up whenever the hell I want. I have a whole day to do nothing because we're leaving in the afternoon because my wife is still working that day. But I took the extra day off just for much-needed R&R. So I know you ever heard my melodious voice, my birdies. I know you were just waiting for my, my rants, my fast-talking. Um, I can't help that. You guys know that. But if you guys have been listening to a while, you know the way my cadence goes. Um, Vinny said some, some stuff that I understand. He has a show and it has to go on. So I totally get it. I'm not really worried about it. Um, we're still friends. I just love it when Vinny gets his panties in a bunch and he goes off and man, when it's live on air, he gave he like zero fucks were given. And I was like, that's what I was looking for. So if it takes me to not show up for a show for like two or three weeks <laughs> to have Vinny rant like that, 
I'm gonna do it again, maybe around October or something. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Well, well here's the thing. For, well, and first of all, um, Zach, if you're listening, take notes because this is how you're supposed to react when we do shit like this. But anyway, but other thing is is that and it's gonna sound weird. That as mad as I was about the fact that you hadn't been doing the show over the last couple of weeks or you've been falling behind on the AEW recaps, it wasn't really my, the anger at that moment wasn't even direct, wasn't even you. Like I was mad, but I wasn't that mad. Cause usually in this situation, right. I, I try to mentally prepare like, okay, I'm mad about this, but what's the friendly professional way that I can go about this. Cause I don't want to bite Elvis's head off. I really don't, but this is the story. I, I told a little bit of this story, but I'll retell it again. For those of you who may not know, or if you can't understand it, cause I was literally, uh, I wasn't drunk. I wasn't high. I was just dead dog tired and I was slurring a lot. So here's what happened. As you guys know, last Sunday was the hell in a cell pay-per-view. Um, I was watching the pay-per-view here in the studio. If you've seen our YouTube videos, you know that we have recliners in the studio if you've watched this on Twitch a few times. So I'm sitting in the recliner. I'm in a t-shirt and underwear. I'm in the recliner with a blanket and a pillow watching the pay-per-view. I get to the Sami Zayn-Kevin Owens match and my phone is blowing up because as you guys know, I recently became the manager of Buff Bagwell. He is now my client, Buff Bagwell. Well, apparently Buff had not been answering his phone and there's this new thing now when Buff doesn't answer his phone, people panic. They panic. They're assuming he's either been, he's either arrested because he got arrested uh, last month or he overdosed because they think he's on, hopped up on shit. So everybody thinks thinks he's either uh, dead or in jail when he doesn't answer his phone for a long period of time. So I had literally had people call me on the phone. I won't say their names, but they begged me, begged me to leave my house in the middle of the night, go to his house and do a wellness check. So I had to get up, put on jeans, put on socks and shoes and grab my keys and shit, get in the car and drive. And I'm exhausted because I worked all day and I came home. I want to relax. I've had a long week. I haven't slept in days. So, but I'm still out there doing the hustle game because that's who I am. So I get to the house and I find out he was dead asleep. Now he had really bad heartburn and that was the only thing that he had to worry about. But then once he took some Tums, calmed down, he went to sleep. And Buff does this thing when he goes to sleep that he shuts off his phone. He and I had a long chat when I got to his house and we have now made it clear he is never allowed to do that again. I told him, you don't do that no more because apparently people need to know that you're still alive. And he was apologi he apologized to me. I called all the people that called me and we both sat on the phone. He's apologizing to every single person that he was freaking out. And then they all apologized to me for making me get up in the middle of the night. And then Buff gave me some gas money I, and we talked for a bit and then I went home because he still had to call a bunch of people who were worried about him. So I finally get back to the house. I'm doing the podcast and it started off where I was trying to do the announcement. Like, look, I know you guys, there haven't been recaps on in a while but my rage was still there <laughs> so i end up just blasting elvis and desmond so just all my anger just fucking shot out and that was why i was so vicious towards you guys because that's i had that anger going on and then i had to think about this and i'm like now that i think about it why the fuck aren't they doing a show so it just kind of just it all happened here's the thing like you can't bring up the fact that like you know you're tired or like, no one should tell me they're fucking tired because of this, this, and that, whatever. But yet, there you are saying a whole bunch of fucking, like, you were tired of this, you were tired of this, and tired of that. I'm like, you're just, contra you're a walking contradiction, friend. I'm not uh, well, sure what's going on with you. Well, the tired thing yeah, was, 
The tired thing was directed mostly at Desmond because every time we've had to, you guys have had, we've had to record something or get something together. He's always like, I got to get up early for work in the morning. And I'm like, so do we, but we're sitting here recording. Like that was, that, so that was, that was more directed at Desmond than it was at you. That was more of a Desmond thing. The, the tired thing was directed at him. I, I should clarify that. Because uh, you've never once said to me, you were too tired to do a podcast. You've never said that. You've always been like, usually you've been on vacation, but usually the vacation's not an issue because you tell me in advance that you're going on vacation. I usually know that in advance. But for whatever reason, the, the AEW recaps weren't coming, and I was kind of after a while going, okay, what the hell? Because that was the thought process going through my mind was, like you said, we would divide these up. It would get out a lot quicker. Because I'm not fo- I watch, like I said, I watch highlights on my phone, but I'm not following AEW religiously anymore. Because I put that... On you, you guys, because you guys, you and Desmond both love AEW. You're emotionally invested in it. I'm I'm invested in parts of it, but you guys are invested in the whole enchilada. So that's why it's become your guys' thing. So when people come up to me or ask me, how come you guys haven't been recapping AEW? Why are you only recapping NXT? I have to tell people. It's because my AEW guys aren't doing it. <laughs> so I had to explain that to the listeners. So that's really what happened. The tired thing was at Desmond. That I I don't know, and then because usually when you don't get Desmond on, you end up doing them by yourself. So I was getting even more confused. Like, well, well, if Desmond's too tired, why isn't Elvis just knocking these out by himself like he used to? So it was more confusion than anything. But like I said, the anger from the wellness check was what propelled all the vitriol throughout the show. Yeah, I mean, like you know, this has been kind of weird um, with the whole transition. I mean, we were, we were hitting on all gears at first. And then, like, our schedules got changed around. I decided to do it by myself for a bit. And I don't mind. I mean, Desmond's a busy man. We're all busy people. I mean, John, poor guy, you know, he's trying to do a show. And he's going to be off until November, pretty much, trying to get mm-hmm. his wedding done. And then, you know, he got the house thing situated, which is great. So I'm going to miss John because, I mean, let's just let's just face it, folks. NXT is not going to be the same. And, Vinny, I like the way you sound when you, when you talk, when you do NXT. Um, I get it. But uh, I like John's cadence. Um, I, I told him on the phone many times. <laughs> like, John, you know, I, I like listening to NXT. Or I only have to catch up on NXT. I mean, I do watch it. Um, but I like listening to NXT when he... he like, I like, the, I like the way he gets all excited about certain things. He does, it's yeah. It's kind of pinpoint. He gets so excited about certain things. And when, like, he really doesn't like anything, he's like, nah, meh. Oh, yeah. I'm good. <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah. And John's um, great about it. So like, it's, a, it's a small... I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, he's a he's a he's a smart he's a he's a smart fan. You know, he's not stupid. You know, he uh, exactly. It's cool about the things he likes. He's really he's really passionate about it too. And when it comes to it, you know, especially with the whole thing with D and D. I mean, that boy got me into that. Now again, I'm itching again. I'm chomping at the bit. I got myself some new dice. Um, it came in the mail yesterday or the day before. Yeah, um, it's really awesome. I, actually, thing came yesterday. I got some new um, their resins, so they're all clear, and it's got little mushrooms and um, little mushrooms inside of it. So cool. Um, I don't know, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, they rolled pretty nice. So I rolled a couple times. I um, I, t- I took out my D twenty and I rolled three times, and uh, out of the three times, I rolled a natural twenty twice. So I'm like, yep, I'll keep this one. Um, yeah, is uh, yeah, didn't didn't you say that your your uh that uh your your wife thought they were broken? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah funny story. So um, I was at work yesterday. Um, I typically don't work Saturdays, but they're doing like, this thing like where um we have to do drive-bys. So people drive by to a shop. Now I wasn't inside the shop. I was sitting outside my car, and then every half an hour, so from eight to three thirty, I was having um half um every half an hour an appointment with different cars, right? 
So the first one didn't show up. So, I, you know, I was sitting there just doing my stuff, whatever. I was, uh, you know, doing admin work. I was doing rentals. I was calling customers for total losses. I was sending letters. I literally was like writing letters. I was, in order first to write letters. So when it's a total loss, we send paperwork for the customers to fill out and they have to send it to our total loss department and then they'll get paid once they get the title in. So I, am, I think I must have did like nine or 10 titles or 10 paperworks to send out. So that way I don't have to meet up with these people. Cause I'll be gone, after, like I said, I'll be gone Tuesday for a whole week. And I know I can't get to all those people at the same time. So what I did was um, I went ahead and um, sent the paperwork out to them just in case I came up with them. If I do meet up with them on Monday or Tuesday, I'm like, hey, you're getting some mail in the next couple of days. Don't worry about it. Just throw it away because I sent it to you with I, anticipating that I wasn't going to meet up with you. Um, but nonetheless, when I was over there, um, I got a, a notification in the mail on my email saying that my package had been delivered. Now, it was supposed to be delivered on Monday, but it came early. Way to go, Amazon. You're awesome. Um, so I called my wife and I'm like, Hey wife, um, could you check and see that we get a package in the mail? And sure enough, she saw it. So she FaceTimed me and she's like, what's this? I'm like, oh, they're, they're the dice for D and D. And she's like, and she, I'm like, could you open it up real quick? I want to see what they look like. Make sure it's the right one. You know, you want to sit there and purchase something and not be the right thing. So she opens up and she sees the dice and she sees like the D20, she sees the D8 and all this stuff, whatever. So she looks at it. She's like, babe, I think they're broken <laughs> because they got so many, they got so many different sides and so many different numbers. I'm like, no, babe, it's just part of the game. You know, it's fine. Um, so. Absolutely. And, um, and yeah, so, and yeah, and, and John, and going back to John real quick, you know, obviously, you know, we're going to miss him while he's, while he's off the show. And it was interesting because even, even Gator has said that John's like a person he enjoys hearing talk about wrestling. Like John's got, John has a fan base and he loves doing this. In fact, when John first told me he was going to leave at first, I thought he was quitting. It sounded like the way he said that he was going to quit the show. And I said, well, I said, well, Dude, why do you want to leave the show? And he told me about, you know, the fact that he's planning his wedding and all this other stuff is going on. I said, well, dude, it, it, I mean, I said, if you want to quit, that's your decision. But if you just want time off to deal with all that and then come back, I'll give you the time off. Like, you don't you don't have to quit the show completely. And John said, I don't want to quit the show completely. I said, all right, then, you know, take your break, go do what you got to do and then come back. And we agreed. So that's why John is taking a sabbatical and going to come back in November because I understand. You know, I'm, I, I totally get that. If, I've always said, like, if something major's going on and people can't do the show and they tell me in advance or something like that, like, yeah, dude, go, go take the time. Do what you got to do, man. Go plan your wedding. If it's becoming too much for you, you can take a break and come back. And that's what John's doing. And I, you know, I'm willing to give him that because John has, there's times where John has really stepped up for the show. Like, there were days when, back when he was working for that mortgage company, he would literally be on the, he'd be working on the mortgage stuff while doing the show with me. That's why if you ever listen to the show and you heard typing on a keyboard, it's because John's sitting there doing his work while talking to me and recapping NXT. So John has put the work in and he's earned the right to say, hey, I need time off to go marry my gal. You should just, another, no, just say no, the podcast needs you. We can't have you get married. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like, I'm not, I'm not that crazy about it. Sorry, sir. Exactly. So obviously, you know, John's uh, going to take the no, time off it, and it, no, I get it too, man. And obviously John is, you know, John's going to take that time off. And then when he comes back, he's going to be better than ever. And he also said that obviously when we start the D and D, which hopefully will be sometime in October, uh, I believe. And also he even said that he'll still make time to do the collision in Korea, dark side of the ring, uh, taping that we're supposed to be doing me, him and Gator, which reminds me at some point, you, me and Des got to get together. Cause we got to do, uh, the Brian Pillman episodes, the ultimate warrior and the dynamite kid. We still got to get those done at some point. Yeah. 
we got we got some work to do son absolutely and um speaking of work um we do have some interesting topics we got to get into and this one jumped to the front of the line because it's been all over the new all over the news all over the place everybody's talking about it so we gotta talk about it too just when we thought it was over the releases keep on coming as wwe has a brand new list of wrestlers who have now been released from wwe and well, so we got the list right here. It is Fandango, Tyler Breeze, Tony Nice, Aria Davari, Everise, Austin August Gray, The Sin Brothers, Marina Schaefer, Killian Dane, Arturo Ruiz, and Kurt Stallion have all been released from WWE. Yeah, it looks like they're doing another thing again. And I brought that up on my podcast for AEW, um, you know, about WWE just, you know, before just hoarding talents and doing all these crazy things and... You know, now they're just like everybody else, but by uh, by by the wayside. You know, it's it's just kind of weird. I don't understand where you're going with it. Um, is they saving money for what? I mean, they've made so much profit. That's what I hate about these companies. Where like you know, um, they're seriously just sitting there and um, they're sitting there and uh, just letting people go by the wayside. They're making more money, but it's the most profitable years they ever had into the pandemic. They're letting these people go out, and it makes no sense. Like, the last cuts were crazy. I mean, the ones back in March were crazy. Then the, the ones that just happened a couple weeks ago was insane. And now we have a fucking other one. So it's like, what are we doing? Like, why are we doing this? Like, how? Like, it makes no sense. There's no rhyme or reason why they're doing it, you know? Um, I mean, it's weird because... Not, they don't really give us much... No, go ahead. Go ahead. No, you're going to say they, re- well, they didn't really give us... There's no rhyme or reason to... Yeah, it makes no season why they're doing it. it. Just seems like you know they're just cleaning stock. Like I know, you know they they sold a whole bunch of stock. Now WWE's in a lot of trouble too because I guess like um, uh, they sold some stock under false pretenses to I guess to the people in um, where is it India or something like that where they were selling a whole bunch of stuff. Um, their stocks it was like it wasn't accurate. I guess there's the reports or something. So they might get sued, or there might be some bigger cuts too. So I don't know what's going on. I'm not sure they're vamping up to get the company sold. I mean, I never thought I'd see a day where you know uh, we would have you know um, never thought I'd see a day where Vince Man would sell the company. But sure enough, it looks like it's going towards that direction. I mean, sure enough, it's it's pretty insane. I'm not sure what they're what they're going for. They're looking to you know have less people and maybe have more better story driven lines. But that's gonna be a hell of a hell of a way to fill up three hours on Monday and two hours on a Friday. Um, but then again, having so many people, now everybody gets their time. So I'm not sure what they're going to do. I think they should focus on story storylines and make it something different. I've always said they should have people who work in the comic book department, like the people who write comics, who are wrestling fans, and have them start writing for wrestling, man, because if you get so popular, it doesn't work. Yeah, and the thing is, I look at some of these releases and, you know, some of these guys, like honestly, Fandango and Tyler Breeze are the only ones where I'm like, why the fuck did they do this? Other than that, a lot of these guys are just taking up space. Like they're not, WWE's not doing anything with them. They're not bringing anything to the table. They're not worth paying the money. Uh, So a lot of these guys can, a lot of them can go. Like, Yeah, but here's the thing though. Like those people... Were mostly indie people before they got into NXT and doing all these things, whatever. So why'd you pick them up in the first place? You know, what I'm saying like Fandango and Bri- uh, Brizango or Brizango, for that matter. I mean, those guys were there for a bit, you know. So they've been there for a couple of years. So that doesn't make sense because it's like you know they had their stint on the main roster. They went to NXT and rejuvenated themselves, which you know they've been fantastic in that division, right? Um, but any other people, they were just indie people. Like they, they were training up, they were green, trying to get all these different things done. And why didn't you just, why did you even pick them up in the first place? It's there was a time where Vince McMahon was just collecting wrestlers just to have them, 
so then AEW wouldn't have them, and that makes no sense. Well, maybe Vince maybe doesn't fear AEW, which is fine. But that's the, thing is, the exact AEW's reason why. Show. That's the exact reason why. Because the thing is, like we we. And we, and we need that talent. And the thing is, like, that's fine. I, I take that. I'm not saying we're going to pick up everybody. I'm not even sure Breeze Angle is even going to go to fucking EEW. I, I see them more being his impact people, to tell you the truth. Um, but the same notion, it's like if he's going to sit there and let go of his guard, then that's fine. If you just want to fear we have a second show we have to fill up the roster with. So, oh. you know, we have Dynamite, and then we have, um, uh, God, what's the second show called? Elevation? No, not Elevation. Um, it's, God, what's the other the show second called? show is called Rampage. Is the one that's coming up Rampage, in August. Go. Elevation so is their Elevation is their bullshit YouTube show. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So you have all these different uh, places you could put these people in. So I'm pretty sure EW or Tony Khan is just sitting there, just like wow, chopping it a bit. Like this is fantastic. But yes, I mean WWE. I'm not sure what they're doing. They're listening to Fat. Maybe um, who knows? Really, except for you know Triple H, Steph, and Vince McMahon. Probably all get together with Kevin Dunn. And they're like, hey, Kevin Dunn, you got the hat again? Yep. Put a whole bunch of names in there. What do you want to do with it? Fire the whole fucking hat. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I mean, but like I said, like, uh, Aria Davari and Tony Nese weren't doing anything, really. Eberize, I didn't know what the fuck they were doing in NXT. These guys were useless. Their YouTube show was stupid. No one's watching it. They were jobber guys. They had no business being elevated to anything. August Gray, don't know or care who he is. The Sim Brothers were actually a great tag team. I'm I'm shocked that they were let go. I felt they could have been sent back to NXT and done more for the tag team division. I picked them over MSK most definitely. Uh, Marina Schaefer, um, I'm shocked that she got released because A, she's one of the four horsewomen of Uf UFC. Then again, they got rid of the other girl too. And she's also married to Roderick Strong. So that's even more odd because Roderick Strong's still there. Um, Killian Dane, that kind of threw yeah, me Roger off. Awesome, though. Oh yeah. Killian Dane kind of threw me off though. Cause I felt like him and Drake Maverick, they were doing something special with them. And the other two didn't know them. So these were really just, this is more of a trimming of the fat, but getting rid of Fandango and Tyler Breeze was stupid. These were two guys who got over as singles competitors and the main roster fucked them, uh, you know, royally. I mean, Jericho got Fandango over. And Vince was emotionally invested in him. If anybody's heard, have you heard the story about Vince booking Jericho to work with Fandango? Have you heard Jericho tell the story? Yeah. So, you know, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, I heard his story plenty of times. Yeah, so Vince was high on Fandango. The dude was fucking over. Tyler Breeze in NXT was fucking amazing. His gimmick was stupid. He was one of those guys when I first saw his gimmick, I'm like, this is the gayest shit I've ever seen in my life. Within a month, I am his biggest fan. Because Tyler Breeze was fucking amazing. And then they... That's a man in a nutshell. Yeah. That's a man in a nutshell. Like, pretty much like he has a pet um, project he wants to work on to see if he gets over to still see if he's got it, you know? He's like, well, pal, give you the opportunity to go out there and do what you're supposed to do. And then, you know, he goes out there and gets it over. And he's like, oh, cool, I'm a genius. That's great. But, oh, shit, he's stuck with that gimmick for the rest of his life now, pretty much, you know? Yeah. <laughs> An evil ballroom dancer. <laughs> it was a great gimmick, though. Like, these guys had great gimmicks and got over and were fantastic, but... Fandango and Tyler Breeze were the only ones I was upset about. The other ones, I was like, good riddance. You don't need them. Um, so that was my stance on that. But anyway, and then there's this, now there's this other thing we got to talk about here. Because I know you've heard this story. We've all heard this story. A WWE writer says she was not required to know anything about wrestling. Please tell me you've heard this story. What story is that? 
Okay, there's there's a new WWE writer. Her name is Kenny. Her name is Kenneth Mobley, and she appeared on the Asian Not Asian podcast recently and stated that she was not required to know anything about wrestling before being hired oh, yeah. as a writer for WWE. Now she's a stand-up comedian and film producer from Brooklyn and appeared on the podcast earlier this month. Yes, I've been hired by WWE. Given the things that you know about me in my entire life and what I'm into, yes, that's surprising. Yes, also a surprise for me. They did not require me to know anything about wrestling, but I do have a background in film production and comedy writing, and they're like, perfect, come on in, she said. Uh, Mobley continued to say that she was that she has been assigned to the writing team for Raw. <laughs> At the time of the podcast, she had yet to, to start on the team. She spoke about Bobby Lashley and the Hurt Business while on the podcast. So I'm on the Monday Night Raw writing team. So there's Monday Night Raw and Friday Night SmackDown. The people I know that are on it are Bobby. His name is either Bobby Ashley or Bobby Lashley. And I really should know that. He's like this giant black guy. And he and the people who are part of his crew, I know that they call, or at least as of last year, they call themselves the Hurt Business. The Hurt Business. They wear suits and they're like, we're cool. Mobley doing, and then there's Mobley doing something on Tonight Show um, that you can check out online. But yeah, she was hired as a writer. By the way, she there was an update on this. When she got, after she said that on the podcast, she's been fired. She no longer works for WWE. I know. But you believe this shit? I heard about this. I heard about this. And, 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 no, I do because it's bullshit. Like, um, I've been saying it for a long time. Like, they hired, I remember at one point they were hiring um, people from like Days of Our Lives. And, uh, you know, all those little soap operas that's on during the day for, like, older women who stay home, pretty much. Um, and then, you know, they try to get writers from different areas. But, again, I'm telling you, they need to get some comic book writers in that shit. Because pretty much, like, these people who are fighting are pretty much, like, modern-day warriors. You know what I'm saying? So, why don't you write people who write for, like, Captain America and, you know, Mr. Fantastic and Wolverine and Magneto and Thanos, you know? Someone's got longevity. Someone's got, like, story. Because the thing is, what was the last time you read a comic book, Vinny? It's been years. Okay. But, I mean, so a comic book, even in a movie, for that matter, for Batman or for, you know, the Avengers, the whole saga of the Infinity Gauntlet, I mean, it started from Iron Man. And then you had, like, Thor, and you get, the, you know, and Captain America, and uh, Hulk, right? So you get all these people together and trying to build this big team of the Avengers. So the first project was to, A, get the Avengers assembled, which they did. And from there, they had the Civil War, and, you know, but they kept bringing up these little rocks, the little Infinity Gauntlets, but they're called the Tesseracts, right? But the thing is, in this story, it's interwoven so well. There's, like, twists and turns and, you know, different villains, all these different people, all these different obstacles. So it's kind of like, you know, it's going good for a while, and then something draws them back. So they have, like, their coming up. And that's wrestling in a nutshell. If you just switch Captain America with, you know, I don't know, a Cesaro, and you have, like, Thanos as, I don't know, Roman Reigns, I mean, you can switch the characters around and make it seem like, of course, they're not going to have, like, superpowers, but in a way, because their superpowers are going to be their finishers. So it's all about how you write it out and the storylines that go along with it. I'm pretty sure the the, um, the entertainers, the, the the professionals, the wrestlers, can sit there and tell a story in a ring of how they're going to, you know, they're going to switch it off from week to week, but at the same time, you can make these story-driven lines where it could last for months, you know, when it comes to storylines, when it comes to um, tales of coming up, of being knocked down, only come back up, and being stronger than you ever were before. We, we all, everybody loves a good story when it comes to that, and comic books is full of that. I, I just can't believe they haven't decided to either, A, you know, reach out to some people who are in the business who do comic books, because people, like, CM Punk went from being a wrestler to a comic book writer. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's crazy. 
you know, so it's not too far-fetched because it's kind of like the same premise when it comes to it. So the fact that they even entertained it, and they're going to sit there and take someone who has no knowledge of wrestling and make Money Night Raw what it is, that explains everything. That's WWE in a nutshell. They're not even thinking about that. They just know that as long as it's got a WWE banner on it, CM Punk said it best a long time ago. I'm just smoking the wheel. The wheel's going to keep on spinning if I'm here or not. And sure enough, it is. As long as it's got that WWE seal of approval on it, people are going to watch it no matter how shitty it is. And everybody has been watching it. They've been spoon-fed shit, and they're, they're loving it. Or they hate it. They'll complain online, but watch it again next week. And then they watch a pay-per-view, and they fucking hate it. And they say they're going to cancel. They might cancel for about two or three weeks, and then resubscribe again because they have to watch wrestling. Yeah, I mean, there's that's it. There, there's Because there's not a lot of places to go. It's either this shit or starve. And, you know, and the thing is, is that, it, first of all, I, I love the fact that she had the balls to fucking go out and say that. But I'm like, if... You, she obviously didn't care about this job if she was dumb enough to go on there and tell people, yeah, they didn't tell me not to know anything about wrestling. And for WWE to fire her over that, it's like, look, we've known this for the longest time. It's just somebody on the inside finally confirmed what we already know, that a lot of your writers don't have WWE knowledge. And here's the thing. I believe, like they said they had people from soap operas. That makes perfect sense to me because WWE... First of all, wrestling in general has always been described as a male soap opera. And also, when you're doing slow burn storylines and you're dragging them out over days and weeks and months at a time, it is done in a soap opera style. Writing for a soap opera is way different than writing for a sitcom or a movie because you got to take one premise and drag it out. If you've seen a soap opera, you know. They'll have one story that'll last a year before anything goes down like there might be something where this person is secretly this person's daughter and you find out on like june 27th but the character doesn't find out until january 4th is when they finally reveal oh crap this is my daughter and they don't know for like six months to a year so you got to drag a story out that long so having a soap opera writer is fine to me all I ask is that if you're going to apply for a job with WWE, if you know you're going to apply for a job with them in advance, fucking watch the show. Here's the thing. You don't have to know the history to get a job at WWE. You don't have to know what happened in 1998 or 1987. It'd be nice. a nice little plus. But as long as you can follow what happened over the last four or five months, you can jump in and work with that. Fucking just watch it. Understand it. And if there's shit you don't know, find a friend who does. I guarantee you in 2021, you can find somebody with knowledge of the business. In fact, I'll say this. If you're listening to this podcast and you're wanting to get a job with WWE, but you have no wrestling knowledge, message us. We'll fucking tell you everything you need to know. We will take time out of our obviously already busy fucked up schedules. And we will interpret anything that you're having trouble understanding. And we will do that if, of course, the price is right. I mean, I got a lot of if they just told me. <clears throat> so let's say I graduated from college, right, <clears throat> for English literature. And then I get out and I, I put an application like, yeah, I'm going to apply for WWE. Fuck it. What's the worst that could happen, right? You know, me working my job that I work every day. And they're like, hey, pal, we need you up here in Connecticut. We need you to, you know, write some, write some stories. You watch our product. I'm like, yeah, I watch it from time to time. I, you know, I used to be a big fan back in the day, but I watch it from time to time. He's like, all right, pal, come on in. We'll get you set up, whatever. I'm like, all right, cool. So who am I working with? I'll be like, all right, I'll be working with Lashley. I'll be working with, I, I forgot who's on Raw, so it doesn't really matter. Um, <laughs> give me Charlotte Flair. I'll work with her all day. Oh, I'll do that. 
I'll work with Charlotte Flair all fucking day. I'm going to make her like the 25-time champion. I'm going to have her defend her title every week where she defends the title. She loses it one week, and it has a rematch clause, and she comes back next week and wins it. And then next week, she has another open challenge. She loses it and gets a rematch clause, and it's going to be like that for a straight fucking year. I wonder how many championships she can get in a fucking year. It'll be fucking ridiculous. They would either A, give you a promotion, or B, fire me on a spot. I don't know what's going to happen. I would justifiably tase you if you did that. <laughs> it's like Charlotte Flair is the greatest I will fucking stab you. of all time. And then I'll go to SmackDown and say, wild car rule, and then she can go out there. I'm going to ride for her. I'm like, as long as I'm incorporated with just Charlotte Flair, I'm going to have her do the same thing on SmackDown and win and lose the title every week. So she'll be a dual champion. So she might be a 50-time champion. She'll even beat fucking, like, what's his name? Um, R-Truth's fucking title reign on the fucking 24-7 championship. Yeah. She'll be the best champion ever. She'll retire. She could stop working after four, like after two years, and be like, "Okay, top yeah. that bitches." Yeah, she's a twenty-four-seven, seven-eleven, I ninety-five, mid-Atlantic European women's champion. And then, and then, for some reason, like she'll leave Andrade and marry me. It'd be perfect. <laughs> and I'll just be like, "Woo, Italo!" Ah, anyway. The cool thing is. Every week, every week when she wins the title, I'll just keep changing the belt so it's something different each time. Like I'll have like a purple strap on it, then I'll have like a red strap on it, then I'll have like a red and white with polka dots on it. We're gonna keep changing the straps, so we'll just make a whole room dedicated just to all the title reigns she's had. And in my script, from what I wrote for her each week, you lose, you win, you lose. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, well, speaking of, uh, since we're on the subject of Monday Night Raw, we're going to talk about this, and I definitely want to get your thoughts on this, even though this happened a while ago. We got to talk about it. Uh, the Miz is in the news, and, uh, he talks about the criticism of the zombie match at WrestleMania Backlash. As you got, for those of you who may not remember, there was a zombie lumberjack match at WrestleMania Backlash between The Miz and Damian Priest. It received oh, some- no, we remember. It was horrible. It received some harsh criticism from fans after the show. The former WWE champion and his wife recently had an interview with comicbook.com where they talked about a number of things, including a potential return for Maurice and more. Miz also asked about his initial reaction to the idea of a zombie match during the interview. Replying to the question, he explained that this is the, he's the type of person who gets his creative juices flowing with any such opportunity. A lot of people would be like, what is this? Oh my God. I'm the type of person that goes, this allows my creative juices to do whatever the hell we kind of want. So let's make a movie out of it. Let's make a meal out of it. I mean, there was part there was a part in that match where Damien and I worked together to beat up all the zombies. The Miz then discussed the fan reaction to the bout. The Raw star said that it's very easy to go online and critique something. And some people give us flack for going outside the box, said The Miz. And the problem with I feel like today's world is that it's so easy to just literally go on the internet and just critique and say, this is terrible, this is horrible. The former champion gave the example of his storyline with Bad Bunny. He explained that nobody wanted to see it until it unfolded and said that nobody wants to let things develop and get fun. Apart from this, The Miz discussed things such as starring as Johnny Cage in the new Mortal Kombat film and more. And there's a link to the full interview, but I'm not going to say what it is. I don't give a fuck. So, Elvis, zombie match. How do we feel about it? I mean... All right, how can I say this in the most polite way? It was garbage, first and foremost. The fact that he did it and got away with it, that's fine. I'm glad he was able to do it, because a lot of people who would have taken the same role, it would have bombed even worse than it did. Um, and I think we both agree to that. Um, it was a tie-in for that uh, Dave Batista show that they have on Netflix I still haven't watched yet. It's Army of the Dead. <laughs> um, I mean, but the thing is, like, I think they had some cool spots. I mean, it wasn't... Like, it got a lot of trash. I didn't really care for it myself, but it was, there was a lot of cool spots, and I will give them that, but it's not going to justify, you know, that, because it's stupid. It just shows wrestling that it's more f***ing more stupid, and 
it's um it just wasn't the best light to be shine on but i mean the fact that he can sit there and take a role like that and do it and it, he's a company man you know what i'm saying so i work for geico i'm always supposed to work monday through friday i worked on saturday um i'm a yes man because i kind of like my job and when they asked me hey because i wouldn't i mean am i supposed to work on a saturday until july 11th i think um you mean the 10th yeah, supposed to this weekend thing whatever or the 10th whatever yeah so, 11 this sunday I, okay so the 10th whatever so um i wasn't due until then so my supervisor called me i think wednesday or thursday he goes like hey man i'm kind of in a tough spot could you, you live in canton do you think you can do the drive-bys on saturday i'm like what's the hours he's like from 8 to 3 30 i'm like all right whatever it's fine fuck it just get it done um you do things for your company sometimes you don't really you don't really agree to it there's a lot of things i don't agree with my company about um the way they handle their employees or you know the admin or the way certain things are being done i don't agree with it but you have to kind of do it because you work there until you don't work there you're gonna you're gonna do it now he asked me i could have said no i could have said i was busy i could have told him i was cutting the grass or um i could tell him to go fuck off literally i mean like in a polite way but you do it because you want to get it done and, and, and plus if netflix is coming to you and saying hey man we want to we want to advertise our movie and i think you just put that like this week's or this pay-per-view is sponsored by netflix's army of zombies starring an xwe person dave batista and uh you think v max gonna say no i mean if miz wasn't gonna do it though i'm pretty sure fucking our truth would have done it i mean having a 24 7 90 um highway 95 fucking championship match and having a whole bunch of zombies sit there and pin them whatever that'd be pretty fucking cool to see so it would have been somebody so miz decided to take it upon himself it wasn't the smartest thing but the thing is he won a chance he won a championship not too long ago it was short-lived but he was champion for a small stint after that though he can make movies now he can do whatever he hasn't won a championship for a long time when it came to the heavyweight he finally got into the picture again short-lived maybe it was just for him to do something for the miss tv or not miss for tv but um miss and misses whatever so no miss and misses you're right so whatever show he's doing so maybe it was a small bit for them regardless though i mean the guy the guy never really gets hurt you know he does a lot of stuff outside of wrestling he does movies does tv shows he's a big company man um, I won't say he's the greatest wrestler. I was a big fan of his a long time ago, but he kind of fell short on me because he hasn't been the same since his heel run with like uh, John Cena and all of them. And after that, though, he's just been flying around, but he's been around for a while. He's a company man. That's all it is. Um, I didn't really like the zombie angle, but it wasn't as bad as people made it out to be. They made it seem like it was the worst thing that ever happened. I've seen a lot worse things. Mark Henry had a baby that was a fucking fist. We all remember that. But you know, I was I was there live. I was live at the garden when that happened. Yeah, so I mean that should happen. It's like you know, Mae Young gave birth to a fucking a hand. A hand. That's fucking weird. A hand. A fucking hand. Okay. Okay. Um, Snitsky kicked a baby out of a ring. I mean, it was a fake baby, but at the same time, it was pretty fucking cool to see. Weird things happen. Dude, it's fucking wrestling. It's fucking f It's like the weirdest thing ever. You should suspend your belief. And if you had zombies come in there and eat Miz away. I mean, fuck Rey Mysterio and, um, uh, Alistair Black was thrown off a fucking building and came off, like, a, a week or two later. Oh, AJ God. Styles was buried alive. Thank you, so Elvis. You just reminded me uh, of, of why I'm pissed. Go on. All right, because here's the thing. You mentioned before about R-Truth and 24-7 title. I would have been more entertained if the zombies chased R-Truth around the building trying to get his 24-7 title. I would have 100% preferred that. Why? Because R-Truth is a comedy wrestler. He has been established as a comedy wrestler, and he is one of only a small group, a count-on-one-hand group of wrestlers that can do comedy wrestling and the fans 
love it. This was fucking crap, and I'll tell you exactly why. First of all, this was supposed to be two people who don't like each other. Like, legit, storyline-wise, have a rivalry going. It was supposed to be, the purpose of the Lumberjack match was so that Miz would stop running away like a little pussy. Let's get him in the ring where he can't run away. So now, you got the zombies outside the freaking ring, and the two of them are working together to beat up the fucking zombies, which defeated the whole purpose of why the Lumberjacks were there in the first fucking place. It was because the Miz is supposed to be scared to fight. So why is he fighting off Lumberjacks? He's whole, this whole storyline was him being too much of a pussy to get in the ring one-on-one with the Archer of Infamy. That was what this whole Lumberjack storyline was built around, and now you got the two of them fighting off goddamn zombies. Then to top it all off, Damian Priest gets the win, which was the right call to make. And then Miz gets kayfabe eaten alive by goddamn zombies that are swarming him, feasting on his flesh. John Morrison decides, yeah, I'm not even going to try to pull the Miz out of the ring. I'm just going to watch this unfold. And then what happens? Weeks go by and then all of a sudden, the Miz is on TV in a fucking wheelchair because he's legit injured, but they want to keep him on TV because even though the Miz can't wrestle and physically, even though he can't wrestle in general, but you know what I mean. Now, but he, he can run his mouth with the best of them. He, th- there's no aftermath. Th- this is the problem. It's like when Aleister Black and Rey Mysterio got thrown off the roof of the building and the next day they were on freaking Raw in a tag team match as if you didn't just get thrown off the roof of a 10-story goddamn building. Hell, AJ Styles was buried alive after the Boneyard match and he stayed away for at least a month. Kane locks The Undertaker in a casket set the some bitch on fire. Undertaker was gone for two months until he finally came back to challenge Kane at WrestleMania 14. Undertaker was then buried alive and was gone for four months and then came back like he and the Miz is is this a zombie usually when you get eaten by a fucking zombie one of two things happens you either turn into a zombie or you're fucking dead now I don't watch The Walking Dead because I don't have time for that shit but from what I know of zombies that's usually how this shit works you become if they bite you you become one or they just eat you and you fucking die hell we saw the fiend get burned alive he came back months later but he looked burned up he at least looked the part. They made it believable. He Miz comes back as if nothing ever happened. Who, it's like, Jesus, why did you even fire that girl? She probably would have wrote some creative shit for that. This, this whole thing was fucking stupid because nobody wanted it, nobody liked it, and the follow-through and the res- and the return was bullshit. Like, every, there, there's so much wrong with this. It was crap. Stop me where I lie. Well, ladies, I'm going to stop you right there and say, ladies and gentlemen, this is where the part where you get Vinny triggered and he just goes on a rant for about a good 10 or 10 minutes, you know? Um, it's it's classic TV. It's classic radio. It's classic podcast. It's classic Vinny. Um, small things like this that shouldn't make a lot of sense or make a lick of sense where people get so frustrated means a lot to Vinny. Apparently, Vinny really loves his wrestling thing. He wants to put logic in WWE programming, what is none. And the thing is, if you look for logic in places that are not there, it's going to drive you insane, Vinny. And that's just sane words for me to tell you because you're never going to get the logic you're looking for. It's never going to be there. <sighs> just, I mean, as much as you want to, as much as you want to sit there and show what's going on there, it's never going to be there, pal. No matter how hard you look for it, it's not going to be there. 
and then just when you think it's gonna be there something's gonna happen boop, it's gone you die well i don't know we got okay well uh i guess we can segue into something else here uh we we're, we got a couple of wrestling stuff let's jump over here apparently uh, this is an interesting story uh john cena this is kind of uh this is kind of wrestling slash news this is in the news category john cena admits getting into a fist fight at his brother's wedding that forced everyone to go home it was an interesting thing uh we have john cena once gave a wedding gift that didn't keep on giving in fact he found a way to deliver the nuptials something black and blue the 44 year old star visited the tonight show on wednesday this past wednesday to promote his new film f9 fast nine which is which is all which by the time we're recording this it's already in theaters fast nine so i don't know if you guys have seen it yet i haven't seen it yet don't know when i'm gonna see it um but definitely want to see it but during the sit down the wrestler revealed he once paid for his brother's wedding to have an open bar but the gesture backfired when this liquid courage led him and another brother to come to blows and bring the reception to a swift end this story came up due to host jimmy fallon asking the blockers performer if he'd ever been involved in a wedding fail with john replying i think that's something kind of we all have john then proceeded to share an anecdote involving two of his younger brothers that perhaps not everyone can quite relate to mine was my brother matt's wedding he continued i thought it would be a nice gesture to open the bar drinks are on me that's my gift to the bride and groom nobody would have to pay for anything alas the present the present proved to be a problematic one as the night wore on and he and a different brother dan caused some serious trouble so i found out it was a mistake when my brother dan and i got into a fist fight in the middle of the dance floor and closed the wedding down john recall leading to jimmy's stunned laughter the guest then explained why despite this cutting the facility short his family members were not particularly phased you could tell right then and there who were guests and who were a member of the cena family he quipped because the guests were like when, what are you going to do to stop it and the cena family's like no no let them figure it out let them do it and you can check out the this story in the video and Ask yourself why everyone can't do the chicken dance. But yeah, apparently John Cena and his brother got drunk and beat each other up on the wedding floor. It just sounds like a typical day in a John Cena household. Um, you know, it's just the way it is. It's just the way the world. Um, you know, John Cena likes to beat up his brother. Um, of course, his brother didn't see him at first. And so the fisticuffs are coming out. And, you know, uh, what's what's John Cena's brother's name? Mark? Um, um, Mark Cena. He decided to... Uh, no, it was Matt. Mark Cena. No, his, no it, was, it was his brother Matt's wedding. He got into a fight with his other brother, Dan. Oh, Dan Cena. Dan Cena. Dan Cena, you know it, man. Um, you know, it's just it's just a typical day in a John Cena household or the Cena household. Everybody knows that it's it's tradition in the Cena household. They get drunk and they get to fight each other. Um, John Cena likes to fight his brother. Um, that's not news. Um, I'm surprised we haven't heard it before. John Cena likes to fight. Um, I think what happened was he went to the wedding, had an open challenge, and his brother requested to fight him. That's what happened. And I guess the person who lost had to pay for the wedding. So that's what happened. The question is, who lost the fight? Oh, see, Cena, John Cena lost, but they won't post that because they want to make Cena look weak. Oh, damn. You like that? Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Uh, we got to make Cena look strong. But um, the thing is, is that... Yeah, Cena look strong, son. <laughs> Yeah, so Elvis, um, did anything did anything awkward like that happen at your wedding? No, uh, but something else did happen at my wedding. So um, obviously in Puerto Rico, uh, our hotel is literally across the street from where we're going to get married at because you have like the hotel yeah. across the street is where we're going to have our, our 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 dinner banquet at. And then it's right there on the beach. So we got married on the beach of Puerto Rico. So remember, you know, getting ready, getting my tux ready, 
go downstairs with my brother, and then as soon as I, I swear, as soon as I I I lose literally across the street, like literally just across the street, it's right there at the dinner place, whatever. When I was in the hotel, it's fine. I'm walking downstairs. As soon as I take the step to go across the street, like that's when all my anxiety and panic hit, right? I'm like, oh my god, my cliff. Give me like two shots, man. I'm not, I'm just you know I don't think I'm gonna make it, or you know I just don't feel right. Could you give me two shots? I need to loosen up. I just feel too anxious. He's like, all right, cool. So he goes over there, and then like there's like a whole bunch of people at the bar, and my brother, as cool as he is, he goes like, hey man, uh, can I cut in front of you? That's my brother right there. He's getting married right now, and he needs like two shots. And everybody literally like it's almost like Moses spreading like the sea in half, whatever. Everybody made a hole just for him to sit there and get the shots. It was fucking awesome. He got two shots. I got two shots. So I took some for liquid courage. So I'm sitting out there having a cigarette, taking two shots, had a beer in my hand, and I was looking at the beach. Lo and behold, I had no idea what was going on, but apparently there was like this big like gay parade they had like all week and the party ended at the beach so there's like a whole bunch of dudes in like borat green like thongs pretty much like all like it was like a big like uh balloons and all those different stuff whatever so they're playing like beyonce and britney spears and you know elton john so i mean I, i'm not stereotyping that's literally music i was hearing from this right so i'm like oh my god and the thing is like right next to that is our little um that little wooden thing uh what's it called again um i guess it's like a small little mini gazebo they put out there temporary just for weddings you know so i'm sitting over there i'm like oh my god this is fucking hilarious so mind you now by the time i, I get to the gazebo on the beach i i am like i have i'm like a horse with blinders i can only see what's in front of me i can't see what's around me because i'm nervous you know it's the wedding day you know you got all these nerves going through your head whatever and going through your things whatever so you know we do the marriage we do the ceremony we sit there kiss the bride took some photographs and then you know we go to have dinner right so my sister um my brother i think he or somebody in the audience my friend nestor he was recording something and i guess like the gay people to the right of us or to my left the beach right i was looking over there i guess like they're playing like all the single ladies all the single ladies throw your hands up and they're like they're like doing that whole beyonce dance <laughs> <laughs> and like if, and the reason why they play this like they're doing that dance but they, mostly because they're doing that part where it says like if you like it they should have put a ring on it <laughs> Oh my god. Dude, it was it was fucking brilliant. And the thing is like I didn't hear a thing. I just, I could barely hear what the preacher was saying, you know. He was like, you know, say these words after me. I'm like, I hope I don't fuck up these words. I think I'm not gonna say half of these things. I don't know. So I was completely oblivious, but I that's the that's about the craziest thing that happened. We had like these a whole bunch of gay dudes in like fucking like man thongs, you know, like they're all chiseled from glass pretty much, you know, they're like what you imagine like some like Greek gods pretty much, like Puerto Rican gods pretty much, on thongs pretty much. <laughs> Doing a Beyonce dance at my wedding. Oh, oh, even better. This is this is wrestling related. So, um, I'm gonna tell you a story. Me and Cliff and my friend Nestor, the guy who was in Puerto Rico as well. Um, we went to Cliff's house one night, and me and Nestor, we went out clubbing with Cliff because he lives like right there at Lenox Square over there, you know, uh, the Lenox Mall. So we decided to like instead of like driving back home, we decided to walk back because it wouldn't be. We didn't think it was too far, but it was. So the whole night, Nestor's so drunk. I I mean, he's a little bit heavier than I am, but he was so drunk, he was almost falling on the floor, so I gave him a piggyback ride. So I gave him a piggyback ride, and we're walking back, and I just kept saying, too sweet. I was like, too sweet, whoop, whoop, too sweet, whoop, whoop. And I just kept saying over and over again, and then I got tired, I couldn't say anymore. So I'm walking, we're walking, I'm, I'm giving him a piggyback ride, and all of a sudden, Nestor wakes up out of nowhere, he's like, too sweet. Everybody's like, whoop, whoop. <laughs> so we're doing that. So we do that at the club, so let's go back to the wedding day. So Cliff is my best man, my brother. So he's giving a speech, he's like, hey, you know what though, I'm really proud of you you know you're really growing through years you find a good wife you find a good girl
girl, uh, you know, blah, blah, blah. So he goes to the whole spiel. He's like, man, I don't have anything else to say except for too sweet. Woo, woo. <laughs> and I'm the only one who laughed because everybody in that group has no idea what the fuck's going on except for Nestor and Cliff. Lee Marie's like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> <laughs> so she was not prepared for that. Well, she didn't know what the fuck too sweet was. Oh the only my people God. I knew was like me, Nestor, and Cliff. So Cliff's like, the only thing I can really say about this whole occasion is um, too sweet. And like all of a sudden, like instantly be like, me and Nestor are like, whoop, whoop. <laughs> 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 yeah. Thank you, Young Bucks. You're the best tag team in the world. Oh, God. I'm pretending I didn't hear that. Um, but anyway, um, it's the awesome story, man. <laughs> that is hilarious. Uh, but of course, uh, in other news, we got something interesting here. Um, this is something, um, uh, I found here, uh, stuttering John, uh, from the Howard Stern show, uh, loses his lawsuit against Sirius XM. Uh, according to this, uh, Sirius XM Holdings Inc. on Thursday won the dismissal of a lawsuit by John Melendez, known by his alter ego, stuttering John, claiming it illegally exploited his celebrity on channels dedicated to radio and television host Howard Howard Stern. Melendez, who left Stern's radio show in 2004 and became the announcer for NBC's The Tonight Show with Jay Leno, sought unspecified damages last August in accusing Sirius of using his name, persona, and voice from old recordings without permission to add listeners and sell advertising. U.S. District Judge Paul Crotty in Manhattan ruled, however, that federal copyright law preempted Melendez's claims that Sirius violated his publicity rights under California law. Crotty also said Melendez, despite more than 15 years and an estimated 13 thousand hours on the Howard Stern show did not show he was injured or that Sirius illegally used him to promote its services including channels not dedicated to Stern. This commercial advantage Sirius gains from playing the HSS archives and running the advertisements flows from the rebroadcasting of the copyrightable sound recordings themselves not from Melendez identity the judge wrote. Crotty dismissed the lawsuit with prejudice meaning it cannot be brought again. Melendez will likely appeal his loyal his lawyer Michael Popic said in an email after Crotty adopted a unique analytic framework which we believe is inconsistent with prevailing law. Series and lawyers for the New York based company did not immediately respond to requests for comment. Stern was not a defendant. Melendez has had a speech impediment since childhood. That's why he's called Stuttering John. Stern dubbed him Stuttering John. He became known for asking impertinent questions to people like the actor Billy Crystal, Beatles drummer Ringo Starr, and the Dalai Lama. Melendez left Stern's show just before Stern moved to Sirius from nationally syndicated radio. The case is Melendez versus Sirius XM Radio Inc. U.S. District Court, Southern District of New York, number 20-06620. Reporting by John Stemple in New York, editing by Richard Pullen. You know, it's kind of weird. I, I kind of don't know how to navigate these treacherous waters when it comes to copyright. I mean, it is a copyright through them, and uh, I get it. Like, um, he's no longer on his show, so why are they still using his name? And that's the thing. If you it's, it's almost like if why would like WWE for instance when they hide, when they let go of somebody they have a hard time showing recaps of the Shield because John Moxley is currently in AEW yeah um, or you know different promotions so I don't understand like with how it's starting being as popular as it is do they even need Stuttering Steve to even uh, Stuttering John to even you know go about you know selling this uh, you know satellite radio satellite radio sells itself if you get the funds and it's something you're passionate about like you know if some people like listen to sports when it comes to baseball. Baseball. You can listen to live baseball games. You can watch comedy channels, uh, techno channels, uh, country from new, old, and very vintage. Um, you know, it's got a whole bunch of different varieties: hip hop, uh, talk show, podcasts, all these different things. So I don't think they really needed him, but I don't understand why they would even go even take the route of even using his likeness if he's no longer with the company. That makes no sense. So I kind of feel like they did him dirty in a way, but at the same time, 
is it in the bylaws of his contract that hey once you sign with us we, we are I, we, I think we can use your likeness if I'm not mistaken usually that's the case with most uh, contracts and stuff or even most of the time like when you're on camera for anything because I know Howard Stern from time to time has a camera in a studio they usually make you sign release forms that give them permission to uh, use your likeness like I know for example when we did when I did my uh, my documentary when I was eating the car uh, there were a lot of times and a lot of instances and I'm sure you did too um, where we had Pete we had you guys sign release forms I don't know if you, I think I remember you got one um, we gave, no, I did I did yeah the, the first time the first time I was there in the last time no it was definitely there but the thing is like you kind of know what yourself getting into so especially with him being like a, a person that was on a show and he was on a show quite a bit so I mean I, I used to listen to Howard Stern a long time ago um, back when it was before it was on series that, that shows my age there um, but you know, before we had serious radio, before it was actually a satellite, you know, for radio, um, people had listened to, you know, the radio stations. Um, when I was in Chicago, we had a person that was totally against Howard Stern. Um, his name was Mancow Miller. Um, he had a personal feud with Howard Stern, but you could see who survived the test of time. It wasn't Mancow. Um, but you know, Stern, I, I don't think that his likeness should have been used. I don't think they should have used it at all. I think yeah. he's got a, a very viable case when it comes to it. The thing is, they don't need him. They have enough star power. Like with Eminem's, um, D, um, you know, his channel is really good. Uh, Howard Stern has been a staple since the get-go. Kind of like the way Joe Rogan is right now for Spotify. Um, everybody's got their sellers. So if you listen to those kind of things, you're going to jump onto that bandwagon and sell it, though. So I don't think that Southern John was going to be something that's going to move the marker or move the needle when it comes to selling anything. You know, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, it doesn't, but... Uh... The thing is, I don't know if they were doing that necessarily to sell stuff. It could have just been they used certain clips because maybe Stuttering John had a funny moment or maybe he did something really cool or there was something he said that fit in there. And, you know, I, and like I said, I don't know the whole logistics of it, but if he did sign a release form, um, then he they are well within his rights to use that. And part of the reason I even brought this up is because I've met Stuttering John. Like... He was somebody that I met and became friends with for a period of time um, and was actually fun to be around. You know, he was the guy that was very encouraging to me because at the time I was working for the regular guys and, um, you know, I wasn't getting paid for that. And I was also getting a lot of, you know, I was going through some shit on that show. They were pretty much, uh, you know, making me the whipping boy and kind of and kind of putting me through embarrassing segments. And John said, hey, I did the same shit with Howard. You know, there's a payoff somewhere. You'll, you'll get it. So he just he was encouraging me to stick with it, not knowing that I would get fired the following week. <laughs> So that kind of was a buzzkill there, but ultimately, you know, if, if they if they ha if they have a right to his you know likeness, they can. Also, you know, if anything, I'm shocked that he's not suing for anything else because like he when he worked for Howard Stern, he wasn't making any money. That was literally like exposure for him. And then you know he later left the show, and then I don't know, and then he later got a podcast, and he became very very hardcore to the left. So I know he's very much a a, a, a lib psycho now, but. Uh, either way, I don't know if he, I don't know if he had much of a case because, like they said, they John couldn't prove that this damaged him in any way. Like that, the fact that he that's damaging him financially, that he's it's hurting him at all because you know, especially when you've got like a public figure like that, the laws are very different for you. Like it's like if you're a famous person and you want to sue somebody for defamation of character, you have to prove actual malice. You know, like it would be like if like like in a way, I'm kind of a public figure. So if somebody came out and said, you know, you know, Vinny is a douchebag. 
I, I can't really sue for that, you know. But if somebody came what, out and what if you really are a douchebag, you know. What but, if I said you? Were, what if you really are a douchebag? Can I really sue for that? Uh, n I don't know. That'd be for judge to decide. But the uh, but if somebody came out and said, you know, uh, Vinny Vinny robbed a bank last week, I could sue for that because they would and they would have to go to court and they would actually have to prove that I did in fact rob that bank because and if they couldn't, I win the case. So it's the laws are very weird on that. So he would have to, unless they uh, if he signed a release form to use his like if they if he gave uh, serious permission to use their likeness, that's a permanent thing. They can use that likeness any way they want, anytime they want, whether you're there or not. It's the same thing with Vince when he has that intellectual property. That's why if he wanted to, he could show replays of the shield anytime he wants and Moxley can't say shit about it. Because he, they get, they they own his likeness. But the reason they're not doing that is because they don't want to give Moxley publicity on their program. That's why they choose not to do it because they don't want someone to see that and then be flipping through the channels on AEW and go, oh, that's Dean Ambrose. Oh, he goes by Moxley now. Okay, that's that's why. If you work for the if you work yeah. for an opposing company, they don't show shit about you because they don't want somebody who's never heard of that other company to be flipping through the channels, see you, and and, and keep watching. So that's a strategy there. Uh, whether it's a smart strategy or not, I don't know, but that's how they do it. So it's it's very, very weird. It's a very fine line that Stuttering John is walking here. Eh, it is what it is, whatever. Yes. <laughs> and in other news, we got uh, Wendy's customers are baffled by the chain's latest product launch. This sounds like a bad idea. A Wendy's Pringles flavor is finally hitting stores, and fast food chains don't fast food fans don't know what to think. The special edition chips released late last month are inspired by the Wendy's spicy chicken sandwich. In some ways, it's yet another entry in the long-standing chicken sandwich wars. Pringles' announcement was good timing for the in the know team, considering we had just taste tested almost every flavor available. That said, we couldn't get our hands on the Wendy's flavor, which is only available for a limited time. But it might be a good thing that we never got a chance to try them. At least that's the case if you ask some unhappy Twitter users. This sounds like a bad idea, one when you tweeted. Stay stay styles on the trails with these outdoor fashion oh, oh wait when people ask have we gone too far I'm showing them this on the flip side others seem blown away by the chits one Twitter user even shared a photo of himself kissing the can the divisive reaction is really nothing new when it comes to viral snack foods whether that's hot Cheetos mac and cheese mayo flavored ice cream or supreme branded Oreos social media is always going to have a strong opinion yeah, I mean, Pringles got some weird flavors out there for sure, but <clears throat> you just can't keep original. You just can't keep sour cream and onion. You just can't keep barbecue. You got to come up with different stuff. It might be a limited release, but I mean, you never know. Some people like weird shit like that, man. Like, like the, for instance, the, the difference between foods that I eat that I love compared to what my wife likes is completely different. When it comes to chips, when it comes to snacks, when it comes to donuts, when it comes to whatever. So, I mean, constantly keep pushing the envelope. You're not really, you're not really missing anything. You know, you're not really hurting anybody. I mean, you're taking a, you're taking a gamble to see what works you, like you're like taking spaghetti and see what sticks to the wall um you got to keep trying you got to try new th new different things because if you're not going to try new things then what's the point of it all you know you, I, there's a market right now that's currently being like turned around the chips is one of them but you know what the, uh, there's a new product out there it's not really old it's it's not really new but there's been an influx of new stuff beer's been one of those things that beer's been around for a long time you had your dark beers you had your pilsners and everything else you only had a basic few in the past like five to six I'd say eight years, we've had an influx of IPAs, of uh, seltzer beers, of ginger beers. I mean, so many different beers now. It's unbelievable. I mean, the people at Budweiser and Yinling and 
again, it's all these people like they were like the only market there for a long time. And then you have all these craft beers now are, they're coming out of the woodwork, you know, um, another one that's really popping up right now. I've noticed in the past, especially during the pandemic, like maybe a year before the pandemic has been pickles. Now, I've been eating pickles my whole life. Um, dill pickers, kosher pickles. Um, I don't like the sweet ones. The ones that are sweet are fucking disgusting, but that's just my own personal opinion. Um, there's uh, been a new variety of pickles, like spicy pickles, uh, pickles that are sweet. Um, some of them have like, um, even in the pickle jar itself, it's got like little cauliflower. It's got like little carrots. They're pickled and they're jarred differently. Um, um, even putting like okra in there. So it's, you want to try different things because you grow up having the same thing, but imagine having a Twinkie. You know what a Twinkie tastes like. You grow up on it. You make different variations. Maybe try a chocolate Twinkie. Maybe have a strawberry Twinkie or something. Uh, make some zingers out of it. You know, they made zingers from a Twinkie. They just put strawberry um, on the outside and put some coconut shit on top of it. Um, it's not always going to hit, but there's certain markets that fucking love that shit. So, yeah, I know Pringles, it's going to be fucking weird. They're going to sit there and make some weird flavors, but again, you can't make everybody happy on the internet. And you know that better than anybody else because we talked about it so many times. You yeah. Trigger Happy Jack out there trying to sit there and fight everything that you can. And what are you going to fight the world for? What are you fighting for? Why don't you fight for the right reason? I think we talked about it two episodes ago. Exactly. And I guarantee you, it's, it's, it's it won't be the last time we get into that topic, believe me. But um, one thing I, I noticed here is when they said this long-standing chicken sandwich war. Yeah, because there's a there's a there's a battle between Wendy's and now oh, Burger King. Now I've had both sandwiches. I took the Pepsi challenge, and uh, guess who won this one? Who? Burger King. Speaking Burger of Burger King, man. Yeah, it's interesting you brought up Burger King because I actually have a story about that. Um, yeah, well, I think Burger King's winning this burger. And the thing is, they're both owned by the same parent company, so it's kind of stupid. It's kind of like the Democrats and the Republicans fighting, but at the same time, like they're both owned by the government. You know what I'm saying? Exactly, like, exactly. But the thing is, like Burger King, it's like you know their their hand breaded chicken is fucking amazing i had the spicy one i had a regular one and um they're fucking delicious I, I just had one today i with my wife today we had lunch today we went um had to clean the house today i cut my grass today and then we went to go get some stuff we needed for the house before her parents come on tuesday so we get some stuff for the house and uh we want to go eat i'm like i don't want to go to mcdonald's i went going to mcdonald's way too much for the past couple weeks so let's go to burger king all right cool get myself one of those it's called the bk kaching kaching king or something ch king or something it is fucking delicious um this promotional is part by burger king <laughs> have it your way <laughs> check out the new kaching because it's fucking amazing it's so good dude um it's so good no nah, man um i don't care about that i don't care what anybody says about it i mean everybody to each their own dude you could love whatever you want to love i'm not gonna sit there and get mad at you dude like be happy with what you have you know if you love it awesome if you don't love it that's great but to me your burger king chicken sandwich is fucking amazing buy it oh do you oh do your world so good yeah absolutely and but the story anyway i remember one time uh actually it was back in december i did this uh christmas party where I had to dress up as Buddy the Elf. And um, a f about a month before the party, um, I was doing research on the company that I was working for because I was also trying to come up with jokes for them. And, you know, I also watched the movie Elf more times than I ever thought I would. I pretty much know the movie forward and backwards now um, to, to prep for the show. And while I was doing it, they I saw that the company had a work seminar. And there was this guy that was there speaking about, you know, how to, you know, establish a company slogan and things like that. Or trying to find the, the you know get the company to establish who they are and he told a story about this guy i can't remember his name who's a legendary like pr salesman he's like one of the best in the world 
and Burger King was having this issue where they were where their chicken sandwiches weren't selling very well and they were concerned about it. So they tried to come up with a brand new marketing strategy to get the chicken sandwiches to sell. So they hire this guy because he's the absolute best. He goes into the boardroom. He's there. He's talking to them. They're telling him about the um the chicken sandwich issue and he says, okay. He said, um, I was wondering, is there any way we can have this meeting outside? And they all go, what? He goes, yeah, I'd like to have the meeting. Let's go outside. I think it's a, it's a, it's a nice day. Let's all go outside. So everybody gets up. They all go outside the building. This is a, he had the Burger King corporate headquarters, by the way. So he said, he said, okay, um, you know what? I'm trying to, he wants to look around for the right spot. So he said, how about we go over to where the sign is? Let's go over to where the logo is. Let's, let's go over the sign. They're all like, okay. So they all walk over to the sign and they're all standing there. He stands right next to the logo sign right at the entrance of the corporate headquarters. And he says, okay, on the count of three, I want everyone here to say the name of the company you work for. And again, they're all like, the fuck is wrong with this guy? But he's the best, so they're listening. So he said, okay, can we do that? He says, yeah. He goes, okay, one, two, three. And they all go, Burger King. And he says, exactly. Why are you selling chicken sandwiches? <laughs> and they all just looked at him like he had three heads. Long story short, the meeting didn't last very long. But that was the point he was trying to make. You're fucking Burger King. Why do you care about your chicken sandwiches? If your Whopper's making you money, fuck everything else. That's the best story I've ever heard. I've heard better stories, but that's fine. That's a, I mean, say, how fucking funny is that? He can get away with it, I guess. He's like, um, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna lay some truth on you guys. Um, what the fuck? Exactly. He goes, Why are you selling chicken sandwiches? You're Burger King. You're king of burgers, and you want a chicken sandwich? Exactly. It's, it's like when McDonald's for a period of time they were doing the wrap. You know, they were doing the whole like they were selling wraps like Taco Bell. It's like, no, people come here for the for the Big Mac and the Quarter Pounder. And I, although I will admit McDonald's does have good chicken sandwiches because I went through a phase where I got addicted to the chicken sandwiches because it was it was actually during the pandemic. Because one night I was driving home late after work. So I stopped at a McDonald's and they said they said we don't have any burgers. And I went, huh? They said, we don't have any burgers. So I ordered a chicken sandwich. I pulled around the front counter. And I said, OK, you got to tell me why y'all don't have any burgers in here it's mcdonald's and the guy said well because of the pandemic we don't cook burgers after a certain period of time so i was like okay i'll have a chicken sandwich so i i went through a period of time where i got where i was addicted to their chicken sandwiches until then they came out with the cheeseburger bundle and i went right back to the burgers wait you're addicted to chicken you're addicted to those that place chicken sandwiches yeah at mcdonald's i was eating there almost every day you're, you're addicted to it yeah cheese, they were delicious man they were fucking good so they're so you're saying so you're addicted to it like you would suck dick for that chicken sandwich depend depends it's a it's a it's it's a legitimate question if i'm sucking dick for food i'm i i i i i hit rock bottom in life at that point i if i'm sucking dick for food that means i have that means no, i have no, no. job no future food. no prospects i've lost for my home my for family addiction, sir. For, for, for your addiction sir no i was not sucking dick for, for mcdonald's chicken sandwiches i've never sucked a dick for a chicken sandwich no man cuz like if it's an addiction I'm just saying, man, if you, you know, you're stuck, I mean, if you have an addiction, man, you got to feed that addiction, man. And uh, I know, like, you're, well, you're going to get there someday, but you haven't got there yet, so. Well, well, Elvis, I had money. I had money so I could feed the addiction. Well, they never refused to sell me one. I've had the money, so I failed to see where I would need to you suck dick. I can, I can buy it. <laughs> Usually you're sucking dick because you don't have the money to pay for it. It's like I sucked this dick. I still had money in my pocket. I don't know why I did it. <laughs>
Like, what the fuck? All right. I just had to go back. <laughs> like, you got any rappers? You got any rappers that repped the chicken? Come on, baby. Give me something. Scratching your shoulder and shit. I'm jonesing. Come on, baby. Give that chicken sandwich. <sighs> oh, man. That's a horrible way to live. It's but no it's way nice to live. To live somehow, I guess. Yeah. It's it's sad. It's sad. And uh... Zach loves Zach loves that chicken sandwich. Like, oh, he does. Yeah. I mean, I mean, he's 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 eating the ramen noodles. Guys, ladies and gentlemen, I, I gotta say this. In the past couple of weeks, I've been catching up with Vinny and uh, with Zach and everybody, and I do gotta say this. So, thank you so much for sending your donations, um, all you guys out there. Yes. We were able to feed Zach. He was super happy. Uh, we had so many that uh, me and Vinny actually got some too. And um, actually, well, next time we're we're gonna meet up, we're gonna take pictures of us eating ramen noodles. Um, because we had such an influx of ramen noodles being sent our way. And I just want to say this: the hashtag's still strong. You can still donate to us on patreon do what you're supposed to do um but uh thank you so much for sending us because we fed a hungry zachariah scott which is fantastic i didn't really see that coming um i thought the trim would have died out like weeks ago but for some reason everything's well so thank you yep so much uh, uh listeners out there who um contributed to uh, this stupid little show we do i would definitely say it's the worst show in the world um <laughs> other than my ew segment obviously um uh, but thank you so much for contributing and keeping lights on and buying zach for some ramen noodles thank you so much yes and um if any anybody wants to continue to do that uh we still have the link here uh anchor.fm slash the boochcast slash support you can become a supporter of the boochcast uh we're still trying to work out the prize aspect but if you but for those of you that donated before the prize comes out once we announce what the prize is we will give those out to you uh depending on which tier you uh chose so don't feel like you have to wait for the prizes uh we have three different options you can be a contributor for 99 cents a month that's your first option your second option is 4.99 a month the same you would give to Peacock only instead of Peacock give it to us because we have better content and you can also get one for $9.99 that's right the price you used to pay for a network subscription to WWE is now an option here on the Boochcast and like I said before if you're not in the United States you got no place to put that $9.99 send it to us we have better content anyway so make sure you guys be a supporter and of course as you mentioned before a portion of the proceeds go to Feed Zach Ramen Noodles but also it allows us to the other rest of the money goes to up Upgrading the equipment, bringing in bigger name guests, uh, allowing us to pay the bills and take care of all the guys who work hard behind the scenes and on air here on the Boochcast. So this is how this is how I take care of my my team with this money. So the money gets put back into the show in some capacity. Not all of it is going to my bills. Part of it is, but not all of it. So also, ladies and gentlemen, make sh- uh, before we officially wrap up this show this week, it looks like we're uh, we're getting close to the end. So I will thank Elvis for. Um, joining me here this week and also for uh, getting on top of the uh, the AEW now. I know you said you're going out of town this week, so does that mean that you won't be doing AEW this week? Um, it sure looks like it, pal. Okay. Um, I will be out. Um, I'm leaving Wednesday night. I'll be coming back Wednesday the following week, so I will not be around, my friends. So All right, so... I help you out. I really do. Absolutely. So we want so yeah so the, so we have the one AW recap that's already out. Um, so we'll have the other one will be out uh, when Elvis gets back, unless Desmond wants to step up and do one. I'll probably see if he wants to. We can do it on his own. Uh, put it together, send it to me. But also make sure you guys are following the Boochcast on Anchor, Spotify, Breaker, and Google Podcast. Uh, pick the one you want, or um, you know follow us on all four. We'd appreciate it. Also make sure you like us on Facebook. Go to facebook.com/slash/theboochcast. We have archived. 
episodes of the show, as well as great content, including the male soap opera moment that I did with the Wens. You can check that out up there as well. Also, make sure you're following us on Twitter and Instagram at the Boochcast. Get the latest tweets, photos, and videos. If there's videos from, uh, or if there's photos or videos from Elvis's vacation, we'll have those up there on the Instagram page for you guys, like we always do. So, also make sure you guys subscribe to the YouTube channel. We've got great YouTube content up there, including Boochcast reviews, Dark Side of the Ring, the D&D one shot, the watch parties, the skits. They're all up there, and of course, coming soon will be the new episodes of Dark Side of the Ring. Uh, Elvis, Desmond, and myself will have the episodes. We have uh, the life and career of Brian Pillman. Uh, we also are going to have the ultra violence of Nick Gage, uh, the collision in Korea, the ultimate warrior, the in the shadow of Grizzly Smith, and of course, the dynamite kid all coming out soon. Uh, of course, Elvis, Desmond, and myself will be doing Brian Pillman, the ultimate warrior, and dynamite kid. And of course, Zach and I and Gator have Br- Nick Gage and John Gator and myself have collision in Korea. So be on the lookout for all those coming soon. Hit the subscribe button. Ring that bell to be notified on YouTube. Also, make sure you are following us on Twitch. Go to twitch.tv slash theboochcast. That's where we do our live wrestling watch parties. The next one will be Saturday, August the 21st for WWE SummerSlam. Also, D&D show coming in October. So be on the lookout for that as well. That's where we're going to have the live show where you can live chat with us during the watch parties, during D&D, and all the fun excitements. Also, big announcement regarding the D&D. Can't mention it now, but will when the time is right. And of course, as I mentioned before, go to anchor.fm slash theboochcast slash support. Become a supporter of the show. Help us keep the show going and help us feed a hungry ginger. And of course, until next time, this is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, saying keep on living life and take care. This has been The Boochcast. We'll talk to you guys next time. Until then. Pizza, baby. Well, I see by the clock on a wall that it's time to bid you one and all. Goodbye. Goodbye. So long. So long. Farewell. Farewell. Adieu. Adieu. Be good. Stay well. Bye-bye. Keep warm. Relax. And eat. Take care. Stay loose. Adieu, mon vieux. A la prochaine. Goodbye till when we meet again. <laughs>